Greetings, Rock Church. Uh, my name is Jason Mayer, and I'm a campus pastor at our San Marcos campus. It's so good to be with you. Thanks for joining us today. We are uh, wrapping up a series on relationships. We're talking about what love is. A couple weeks ago, we talked about it in marriage. And last week, uh, Pastor Miles gave a message on what love looks like in singleness. Today, we're going to be talking about what love looks like in parenting. And I brought some friends with me today. Uh, we're going to talk some practical things of what parenting looks like. Um, but before we do that, I want to invite you, if you would, to stand with me now as we pray. Um, it's important that we recognize the holiness of God. And so we're going to pray and we're going to submit ourselves and our words. But we also want to just with our physical body. So wherever you are, if you're able to, would you stand with me now as we pray for our time together? God, thank you so much for being a good father. Thank you for the unconditional love you show us, the love that keeps no record of wrong. We thank you for this time we get to share uh, with each other some things you've shown us and things we've learned in our parenting journey. And I pray for everyone that's listening to my voice, God, that they would realize that you love them. That you have a great plan for their life, especially for those who are parents, mothers and fathers. I pray you'd speak to them, Lord, today that they would receive that hope that we find only in you. And we pray that today is a pleasing offering to you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, I thought for this parenting talk, I should bring some uh, resources here. Uh, this is a small sampling of some parenting books from our house, my wife and I. Um, and these are great. Uh, these can be very helpful. Uh, but part of the problem with trusting completely in these uh, parenting books is that a lot of what's said in some of these books contradicts vehemently what's in some of these other books, right? There's all sorts of opinions on what it looks like to be a successful parent. Uh, and that's part of the problem because who do we trust? In fact, there's probably as many opinions about parenting as there are parents in the world. And so instead of looking at all these books, uh, we're going to go to the book, uh, the authority on what parenting looks like. If we want to have truth, we should go to the source of truth. And if we believe this book that says that God created all things, then that means he also created parenting. He created kids and parents and this whole thing we call parenting. And so a couple scriptures are going to serve as a foundation for us in our conversation today. And so if you have your Bibles, go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. If not, it's going to be on the screen here in a moment. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're going to pick it up in verse 4. This is the Shema. This is an ancient Jewish prayer that's been prayed for thousands of years. Uh, similar, if you will, to the Lord's Prayer in the Christian tradition. And it's, it goes like this, Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. We'll take a look also at Psalm 78. It's a beautiful psalm, a, a song about what it looks like to pass on to the next generation. Uh, we'll pick it up in verse 5 of Psalm 78. It says this, He, meaning God, established a testimony to Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers to teach their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments." And they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. As we look at those two scriptures, this foundation that they set for us, there's really three uh, principles that emerge uh, from these scriptures that serve as a foundation, a framework that we can think about parenting. What does parenting look like, successful parenting look like from God's eyes? The first thing we see in biblical parenting is that there's a prerequisite. Before we can even talk about the parenting and those kind of tactics, we've got to first start with a deep and abiding loving relationship with God. 
That as mothers and fathers, if we hope to be good parents to our kids, we have to start at the beginning and, and we have to have that relationship with him. The second P is the practice of biblical parenting. The practice is simply to teach that relationships. So you start with your own personal relationship and then the practice of parenting is then to pass that on and to teach that to your kids. And the third and final P of biblical parenting is the purpose. Why do we even do all these things, right? All of us want to have kids that are successful. Maybe some of you just want to get them off the payroll and out of the house. But uh, the reality is, is we, we have dreams for our kids. We want them to be successful. We want them to fulfill God's purpose for their life. And so the purpose of biblical parenting is that they, the next generation, our kids, would have their own personal deep relationship with God. That they would trust God. They wouldn't forget about him. So what does this look like, practically speaking? Well, I want to introduce you to some of my friends here. Uh, and, and we'll talk a little bit about this. Let's start with my best friend, my wife. This is Carissa. Hi. Hi, love. You look great, yeah. as yeah. usual. Thank you. Um, tell uh, everyone that's watching a little bit about our family and uh, what, our, what our family looks like. So we've been married for almost eight years this year in yep. July. Uh, and we have three kids. We have little kids. So we have three, five, we have three kids, five, three, and one. So we are quite busy right now. And we have two daughters, which is Parker and Brooklyn. And then we have a little son named Camden. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. And we are... Very busy at our house. Yes, we are. <laughs> and I would say if, if there's anything we've done right in our parenting, it's not because we know a lot of stuff. Uh, I think it's mostly we can attribute it to we've had some incredible mentors and friends in our life. And they happen to be here today with us. We're so thrilled that they would take the time to uh, share not just with us but with all y'all uh, some of the things that we've learned from them. And so um, we'll start just to our immediate right. This is Mickey and Marie Stonier. Uh, Mickey serves here at the Rock Church as a quit pastor. And both Chris and I at one point or another uh, were part of the pastoral support team. And it was in that season that we learned a lot about parenting just from the stories. And you've got lots of stories uh, about your parenting. So would you introduce uh, yourselves and your family. To well, us. I love that you read Deuteronomy because I knew Moses personally. That's how far <laughs> back I go. Uh, we've been married for uh, 40 years. Just yeah. that's uh, amazing. Had our 40th anniversary. Um, wow. Our story: we couldn't have children, and we had a number of miscarriages and tubal pregnancies. But then, lo and behold, we had a little girl. Then two years later, we had twins, a boy and a girl. Two years later, we had another. Girl, so we had four children, four and under. Um, few parents that you know, were told they couldn't have. And kids. there are no experts in parenting. I'll just tell you. You know, I once heard an expert: an X is a has been, and a spurt is a slow drip under pressure. So we're not experts, but we we made it through. We now have five grandchildren, and our children are launched. So we're at this stage of life. It's it's beautiful. We have a a legacy that we're trying to pass on. That's awesome. Uh, and to their right uh, is Marcus and Tracy Preciado. Uh, those of you that are uh, not new to The Rock, you know uh, Marcus is a former uh, campus pastor here at our Point Loma campus. Now you're serving at New Vintage Church here locally in Escondido. And it's just awesome to see the kingdom expanding uh, through what you're doing there in that ministry. And um, uh, fun fact, Marcus actually used to be at the San Marcos campus. I was his boss. I don't know how. I didn't ruin you. That's good. Uh, but uh, it was in that season that, well, I remember Krista said to, to you guys, um, we, we got to see your kids firsthand on campus as we worked together, doing life together. And we're like, man, these kids are incredible. And what did you say to them? Uh, I went up to you guys and I said, just give us a play-by-play -play book, what you did, and we're just going to copy it. So just tell us how you did this and we'll have the same kids. That's the hope. Well, thank you, Lord. Well, we've enjoyed, you know, being part of you guys' lives and, and, and serving together with, with, with Mickey as well. You know, Mickey and I go back to over 20 plus years ago uh, at, at Horizon. I got to teach some of your kids and it's just cool to be here, be here with family. That's what it feels like. And, and, and obviously that, that's a key component in parenting is just really doing it as a family, 
doing it together. Trace and I, we're just getting started apparently. We've only been married 21 <laughs> years. So um, you've doubled us. Yes. But um, we, we love it. We have four children, mm-hmm. uh, two in college, uh, two, uh, one in high school, one in middle school. And uh, we, we love it. But, but like you guys, it's been a, it's been a plan really from, from the get-go to, to have intentional great parenting. So we try to surround ourselves with great mentors and people we can emulate and ask questions of why are your kids this way? Why are your kids not this way? And um, it's been a great, great journey just figuring things out along the way. But like you said, Jason, using the Bible as the main principle, like everything we do should be congruent with what's in the Bible. And that's really what's helped us out. Yeah, that's good. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for being here doing this. This is such a thrill for us uh, to share. Just hopefully, you know, some of that knowledge you guys have and if you pass on to us. But as we're talking about this series, we're talking about what love is. That's the theme, right? What does love look like? And it looks like a lot of things in parenting. And we kind of distilled it down to three we think are pretty paramount. The first one is love is knowing God. Right, you've got to know God, and that starts individually. You can't, uh, you can't obviously teach somebody else what you don't possess yourself. And so uh, in Deuteronomy, we, we read earlier, it said that you have to store it in your heart. Right? You can't just hear these things about God, but you've got, you got to own them. They've got to become who you are, transform you. So we'd love to hear, uh, Mickey, Karen, so for you, what does that look like? How have you guys cultivated that deep abiding love of God, both individually and even in your marriage? For me, not having a, a family, uh, divorced, Mom died when I was young. I, when I got married and, and I read the Bible and became a Christian, I knew that I needed something. I had nothing in my life to guide me for marriage or parenting. And so the Bible really became my go-to you know, guide for everything I did. And I'm a literal black and white person. So actually the scripture you chose in Deuteronomy 6 when I read that, I was like, okay, well, that's what I need to do. And so I dropped out of high school, no college, but I did, like, you, like both of you, began to get books and listen to tapes and audio messages and reading the scriptures on what I was supposed to do as a mom, as, as a Christian mom. To, and I love the Lord, and his word just created more of a love and a thirst, and that just continued to flow. And just... The greatest thing we found that we can do for our kids is to nurture that love for God and for each other. And and studies are real clear that the the strongest impact on your children Mm -hmm. is this relationship. And from a faith perspective, this relationship. And I'll just tell you, the longer we're together, the more in love Mm -hmm. we are with each other. And our day starts in the scriptures together, not religious or obligation or duty, but every day we've been in the word together and it's just grown that love. But again, like Marcus said, I believe it's a, it's a choice and a purpose. You set your course and that's what we set our course on is the scriptures yeah. uh, to, to guide us in, in everything. Wow, that's yeah. good. I'm glad you touched on that too, Maria, just this idea. I mean, what maybe a lot of people don't realize is that five out of six of us grew up with absent fathers, fathers that weren't available in the home, right? And statistically, that means majority of us up here should have dropped out of high school. We should have gotten into drugs, teen pregnancy, crime, all of that. 
Um, but by God's grace, all of us found the love of our Heavenly Father. And that was able to redeem what wasn't there on the, from, our, from our earthly parents. And I just, I mean, I want to speak to those that are watching maybe that feel that they're in that place. You know, they didn't have a father. That there's hope that God can restore anything. That's what he's in the business of. And so if you haven't had that, you can find that love in your father and your heavenly father to redeem what you didn't have here on earth. So. And, and I think if you have the doubt of if I didn't have the example as good parents, how am I going to parent? And the encouragement there is that all you need is your heavenly father. He is the perfect example of a parent to show you how to be a parent. Yeah. So I love so that you good. shared that. Yeah. How, how is that for you guys, Marcus Tracy? What does it look like, that individual, that cultivating relationship with God? How have you been able to pursue that in your own life and in your marriage? Well, as you guys said, it really the, the foundation is using the Bible as the standard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but how does that manifest itself to the kids, right? And the, the, the main way it manifests itself is our relationship. You know, and if our relationship is, isn't something that's pleasing to them, isn't something that's inspiring to them, isn't something that's engaging to them, well, it's really hard for the kids to understand love if, if they don't see it at the house. You know, it's, it's very difficult for the kids to understand that the heavenly, heavenly Father loves them unconditionally if their parents don't love them unconditionally. It's very difficult to understand that their Heavenly Father also disciplines them, right? Because He loves them if the parents don't discipline them with love. It's very difficult for the kids to understand that, that God has grace if, if, if we don't have grace. And so th- those are areas that together where I fall short in many areas and areas where maybe she falls short where, but sometimes our strengths combine where, where, where I'm weak, Tracy is very strong and, and very complementary to, to our relationship, especially when it comes to share a little bit about your, your, your purpose and your, your just focus on being loving and graceful with the kids because you're, you excel at that. Well, I share the story of not having a father in my home and having a single working mom who didn't always have the time to be present, didn't grow up knowing the Lord. I went to Catholic church. So when I found myself married and a mom-to-be, I was at a loss for how to find the way to do this without the modeling I think I wanted to replicate. So, and I was fairly new in my walk with the Lord, but understanding who God was to me and knowing that my Heavenly Father loved me no matter what my life looked like um, helped me to love my kids in an area where I didn't feel equipped. And it was really important to me to not mar them with my baggage or my mistakes And in order to do that, I had to dig in to my relationship with the Lord and to learn how to love you. Not having a father, not really understanding submission and the freedom in that. And God put it on my heart to create an environment where I, the day would start where I could love them best. And that was, for me, put worship music on, light a candle, create an atmosphere that made me feel good, start in my word and then pour that out onto my kids. He gave me the roadmap as I needed it um, along the way. That's good. You know, and, and again, it just as we hear you talking about just your own personal desire to know God, right? How critical that was. And many of us started sort of from ground zero. We didn't have the legacy passed to us. We didn't have the model in the home. And you know, the, the idea is, is you can't give what you don't have. 
and you have to start with knowing God. I mean, I'd love to give Marcus some street tacos right now, but I don't have them, so I can't give those to you. I'm sorry, right? Uh, so I think the question for all of us to ask is, would you want to give your kids the relationship you have with God right now, right? And if maybe the answer isn't what you want it to be, uh, today's the day to start. Start to pursue him, and he will receive in kind and respond in kind. So the first love is, this reminder is, love is knowing God. It's got to start there. So the second love is love is modeled. And as we read in Deuteronomy, it says that we are to love the Lord with all our heart and our soul and our strength. But I love that it doesn't end there, that it, it's not, it, it is this, but it also tells us as parents what to do next for our children. And it says to repeat these things again and again to our children. And I know we can all relate that we have become really good at the art of repeating ourselves in our parenting. <laughs> And so we're good, right? We got this. We know how to repeat it. In other ways, we can do it, you know, in our relationship with the Lord. And it continues to say that we are to uh, repeat these things every day, right? It's when we wake up, when we have meals with our children, when we're in the car with them going to soccer, when we tuck them in bed, all those things, we are to talk about our love for the Lord. And so what does that look like practically? And my question to both of you is how throughout the years have you practically uh, modeled your relationship with the Lord to your kids? Stonyes, you can start. Well, let me, <clears throat> integrity is so important that we are consistent. Mm -hmm. um, I would encourage all families to be authentic, be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Uh, own your stuff. We, we've made mistakes. Yeah. I've lost my temper with the kids when they were teenagers. That's easy, but I apologize. I, um, we, we reconnect. But who you are in public is who you are in private. And what your kids see at home consistent. has to be consistent. That's and good. how you model your faith, your, your victories, your failures, you're vulnerable, honest, transparent, it becomes real. And it's and the, real to them. The practical way is they would see us say sorry to one another. Or as a mom, many times I had to go to my kids and say, I'm sorry I raised my voice or I lost my temper. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done this. Will you forgive me? And because I made so many mistakes. But on the positive side, when I was at the park or at the beach with them, I would just point out a flower and say, look, at, isn't that amazing color God made? Like, I love his creation. And so I would bring in wherever we were going or whatever we did, I was bringing God into it. I wanted them to realize that he was everywhere at the grocery store. It's like, okay, Lord, help us, guide us, and what do we need to, like, just inviting them into my shopping, into the play, into working. Let's, and, and so I would do that. I would bring Jesus up all the time. And we have this short video that we just found and they caught a fish in Catalina. And the two and a Family half year video. old, she's like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> because I taught them to say, we would say thank yeah. you, Jesus, yeah. all the time. So just simple little things like that. That's good. For us, um, you know, we heard a saying a while ago, more is caught than taught. Yes, amen. And it's so true. You know, you could go and try to teach your kids verses or Ten Commandments and, and, and force stuff down their throat for them to regurgitate it. Or you can just live your life for the Lord, 
right? Yes. And, and, and they'll catch that. You know, or, or, for example, you know, or, I, I play, I play uh, the guitar all the time. My kids play the guitar. I never taught them to play the guitar. Tracy's a fantastic cook, you know. Some of our kids have a passion for cooking. You know, we're active. Our kids are active. Never once have we had to say, play music, be active, because they, they absorb it by just, by just watching. Likewise, you know, if we live for the Lord, that's the most powerful, powerful example for us to model it. Think about it. When, you, when your kids learn how to speak, you didn't teach them words growing up. This is how powerful this is. You simply spoke and then by observing and assimilating and watching, they began to speak as well. You didn't sit down and have vocabulary lessons, syntax lessons, sentence structure lessons with your kids. You simply spoke and so as parents, as we live for the Lord, right, you will find yourself not having to teach much but really model it and like the stone you say, every opportunity you get, and I'll let my wife talk about this, bring in Jesus. Bring in Jesus when you're watching WandaVision, right? Bring in <laughs> Jesus when you're at the ocean. Bring in Jesus when you're, you know, listen to music on the radio because there's so many spiritual truths woven in every part of God's creation. The opportunity to model is in every moment of the day. And as you, we have four kids, three were three and under, and three and a half years later was another one. It was really busy. And we homeschooled, and you realize authenticity, genuineness in all those moments. Even taking a kid to the store with you, there's room for modeling and conversation in those moments. But loving on them and time with them and the opportunity to model changes everything. And it's available all day long, every moment of the day. Yeah, yeah. I like how you said that, that there's every moment of every day. And I think, hopefully people, when they hear that, they hear that as a blessing, not a burden, mm-hmm. right? Because as, as every parent knows, you're gonna blow it. You're gonna miss those opportunities. But the beautiful thing is there's another one right around the corner. And so to not let that despair of what I've just screwed up prevent you from stepping into the next opportunity uh, to to speak into that. So that's great. Um, So just to recap, we got love is knowing God, love is being modeled. And the final love is love is passing it on. Right, the, the purpose for parenting is to pass on a legacy, right? In, in, in Psalm 78, seven, it says that, that we don't want our kids to forget the Lord, but to instead to put their trust in him. And it's so easy to forget, right? This past year, 2020 was extremely difficult and everything was turned upside down. And it, it was certainly difficult in the parenting space too with all the things that happened with distance learning and all of that. And I know there's a lot of parents that have parenting fatigue. Oh, yeah. um, and it's just, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and, and it's like, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready for this thing to kind of break because man, this has been a rough go in the parenting space. So I'd love for, for both of you to just speak some encouragement. Um, you're at different seasons. You're, you're further along than we are. Uh, you've kind of seen some of the fruits down the road of what happens and it's easy to kind of get frustrated and, and you know, middle of the night diaper changes and when your teenager's yelling at you, slamming doors to forget the, the purpose and the goal. So could you just speak some, some encouragement to some, some parents that are struggling? Uh, well, I, let me, uh, this was one of the greatest blessings for us. We're reading through Proverbs, and the book of Proverbs by Solomon and other writers, he's writing to his children over 20-something times. He says, my son, listen to my words. And God stirred our heart to start writing Proverbs and devotionals to our children when they were babies, young. And we made a commitment every month to write something to our kids the history of where we were, 
And then when they were in their 20s, we bound all of those. They didn't know we had that. And we gave a copy to each of our four children. I'll just share. They would read it as a devotional. And each of our kids said that was one of the greatest gifts we could have given them. So one way to pass it on is literally write, video, <laughs> create that, that legacy that's going to go beyond you to something tangible. Um, well, and I would just add, and I think we've all said this, is the consistency because we love Jesus and our kids are growing and changing, but I love Jesus and I love him more than I ever have. And I think that consistency, I have seen now, in, um, our kids are 36, 34, and 32, is the consistency of loving God and loving each other. Now they, they tell us, that your lives, mom and dad, have been such an example to us. And all we did is, is that love God, love one another, and now we're reaping the fruits of that consistency of, of reading them, memorizing scriptures, and talking about Jesus, you know, when, we, when they lay down, when we were on the wayside. Like, that we just were consistent in that and made so many mistakes, would redo so much, but... We just loved Jesus, and we loved each other, and that consistency, now we get to reap the fruit of that 40 years later. The, the truth is, parenting is hard. <laughs> it really is. And you say that again. Parenting is hard. There we go. <laughs> and at the core of it, we have a choice. We, as a mom, I realize I can set the tone in the house from the time I wake up in the morning. What's it going to feel like in my home? I don't want to be the reason my kids don't have a good day or they don't see or believe in Jesus because I'm projecting something that shouldn't be there. And so it's, it's, it's a choice. We all have hard circumstances. We all have backstories. We all have situations we didn't ask for in our life. But what we do have is a choice and a perspective. And every day in our home, we can set the tone. And that's the choice that I made to do in my home. Circumstances can be challenging. As a matter of fact, this year has been crazy. Losing a mom, having a mom resurface after 28 years. We've had some, some challenges, but the choice is ours to bring the peace and the love and the joy that God offers to everyone freely if we so choose. And that's where in our home I feel we make that choice, yeah. both of us. Yeah, as Tracy mentioned, you know, the pass it on, um, my wife, my mom passed away about a year ago. And uh, wow, most pain I've ever felt in my life, you know? And I still, you know, a year later, a 48-year-old man still find myself weeping randomly throughout the day sometimes. But you know what she did, Jason? She helped pass it on. I can't tell you how many times I caught that woman on her knees praying for me. I can't tell you how many times I would catch that woman looking at me and before I leave says Marcus or Marcus, <laughs> I, I'm praying for you. And, and it was that example that she had with my father that is one of the reasons I can now live it and now one of the reasons that I can pass it on. And if you think of things that get passed on are things that have value, right? And things that are memorable get passed on. And, and for the parents out there, life is hard. Parenting is hard. 
But an encouragement for me that's really helped me out is, you know, the Lord showed me long ago, like celebrate the season that you're in with your kids because that's all you have. Don't lament that they're not babies anymore or look forward to them getting at the next stage because the only thing you have with your kids is that season. And I'll tell you what, that season is full of blessings. That season is full of great opportunities. So, so be in the season you have. And I remember some, some parents telling me, because well, we had three kids three years and under, and eventually had four kids and it was just crazy. Like, <laughs> like just, can we just get through the day, right? If Costco would have started a church, I would have changed my religion because <laughs> we needed to be in Costco, right? I would have went back to the church, but for a couple of years, I would have been Costconian, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but during that time, it was crazy. We just wanted to get through the day. But I remember going, this is the only season we have. This is all I have with them. And I remember the parents saying, oh yeah, just wait till they're teenagers, like in a negative way. I'm sure you guys heard that and I'm sure you're hearing that. And I'll tell you what, if you do it right, yeah, just wait till they're teenagers. Because so some of the most fruitful, fun times in my life is relating to my teenage kids and the relationship I have with my teenagers and my 20 year old is something that way beyond that I even could hope for. So I'll tell you what, wait till they're teenagers. Yeah. In other words, do it right. And if, and if you haven't done it right yet, we can start today. That's right. Start today because the Lord uh, can, can restore what the locust has eaten, right? Mm-hmm. And if we do our best, our best effort, God is so good right, to, to fill those gaps. And so if it's hard, embrace it, embrace the pain and know it's too, this season is all you have, so enjoy it. It's good. And I, I love what you said there because I just recently heard um, uh, another mom say, hard doesn't equal bad. Hard, there's so much depth in the hard and that's where character is built and where us as parents are built, but also our children are built. And so not to relate hard is bad, but hard is just hard. And in it comes the blessings and like, can't wait till they're teenagers. Yeah. Maybe yeah. hard, but it's good too, you know? Yeah. yeah, you said the word legacy and I think that's important. That's what passing it on looks like. And the, the truth is we're all passing on a legacy. The question is, is the legacy we want to pass on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's, a, that's a difficult question sometimes to really explore. But like you said, today is a new day and we can start fresh and we can start new. Um, so uh, this has been great. Um, I think we've got some, some fun questions. We want to keep this going. We've got some lightning round questions for you guys. So this is going to be quick. Uh-oh. All right. So uh, Uh-oh. Let's Uh-oh. Just, quick answer. Quick yeah, answer. don't think long about ready. it. Let's just fire off what you All got. Right. Jesus. That's the answer. <laughs> So we're going to say wait, the wait, question. establish the rules. Do we just yell out the answer? Do we slap the couch? Do we no, just stand up? What, how does this work? We'll, we'll point to you. Okay. Yeah, we we'll point. Okay. One of, one of the couples okay. goes on. Okay. And what's the, one. What do we win? Bahamas? <laughs> Maybe tacos. Okay. okay. Tacos. Yes. He's going to get you the tacos. Okay. First question. Favorite thing about being a parent? <laughs> being married to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, making my kids do all the chores my wife makes me do. <laughs> Uh, I've been taking out the trash for years. That's good. <laughs> Hardest thing about being a parent? Tracy. Discipline. Follow through. Mm. Seeing them um, suffer. Yes. yes. Seeing them suffer. The pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Favorite kids age or stage? The one what we're a, in. The one they're in. The one they're in. <laughs> the good one they're in. Now. Oh, no. Now. 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 Grandchildren. Oh, it's grandchildren. payback time. Once you have grandkids, <laughs> it's, it's the best. <laughs> Um, favorite kid? Uh, all four. <laughs> all no favorites. favorites. Hey, that was a trick That's question. a family that rule. Good. That was good. Well, actually, I would tell my kids, Julia, you're my favorite, Julia. 
Maddie, you're wisdom. my favorite. Maddie, Maddie. you're my wisdom favorite. Right Maddie, there. There yeah. Wisdom right there. There you go. I, Marcus, I know you have an actual answer. Who, whoever's taking out the trash that way. <laughs> <laughs> no favorites. All right. Worst mess you've ever had to clean up. Oh, that, you, poop in the poop, crib. Poop in the minivan. Poop in the poop crib. Poop in the minivan. Oh, Rubbed on that everything. Should be a slogan. Oh, poop We've in got the poop minivan. In our oh. minivan. Bumper sticker. <laughs> I got one. Yeah. Twins having the flu at the same time. Oh, oh yes. Oh, the flu. Okay, you might win. You might yeah. win. Yeah. No, not uh, good. All right. Most embarrassing moment as a parent. Most embarrassing. It's probably right now not having an answer to that question. Uh, most embarrassing. Well, out. let me just tell you. But it was a teaching time. My one of my teenagers. Um, they talked back and wouldn't end the conversation. Ran upstairs yelling, slammed the door in my face, locked it, and I said, "Open that door." And they said, "No, I don't want to talk to you." And I punched a hole into the door. And right then, God spoke to me. Moses didn't enter into the promised land when he angrily hit the rock. And I was like, oh, great. Now I'm not going to heaven because of you, you know? (laughs) So that, but it became a teaching time. We apologize. That's a very good teachable moment. It was teachable. (laughs) That's embarrassing. It was embarrassing. (laughs) Just shame him. Just shame him as a parent. But I had a hole through the door now. I could see what they're doing on the other side. Right, you know exactly what they're doing. (laughs) Worked out. You guys have one? Yeah, Tracy, you might get mad at me, but I just, we got to be honest here. One time when she was pregnant, I made her laugh so hard that she peed her pants in the garage. (laughs) TMI, TMI. The garage door's coming down and the neighbor's walking through. (laughs) And I'm just waving as Tracy's peeing in her pants and the garage door comes down. (laughs) That was very embarrassing. That was after a 40 minute drive of laughing. Oh my gosh, that was awesome. That's amazing. Thank God it was concrete garage floor. That's good, that's good. Easy clean. Yeah, we planned ahead. Oh, it was mine. Yep. Okay. Worst advice you were ever given as a parent? <sighs> Funniest, worst, just didn't work out. I don't know. I'll go back to that wait to their teenagers. Yeah. That wasn't so much mm-hmm. advice, but it was like, oh, your kids are cute now and their little matching outfits and their little brown skin and curly hair. But wait till they're teenagers and you're not going to be able to stand them. Yeah. That was the gist of it. And that, that was the worst and it was a lie. Yeah. Do you guys have one? Well, for me, I think of so many people when our kids were all young, they say they grow up so fast. I was like, no, it took forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now I look back and yeah, I guess so. But I mean, like, the, not the young children, it's physically <laughs> exhausting. Adolescence, emotionally exhausting. Then they go off to college. It's financially exhausting. <laughs> it's just, you go through the stages. Yeah. But like, like you said, every stage has such a blessing. And mm-hmm. again. If you look for them. Yeah. God yeah. saves the best for last, though. I, I just want to say that. that it, we're just thoroughly enjoying uh, our family. That's good. So much to look forward to. Well, this has been uh, incredibly rich and uh, so thankful for, for each of you for being here today and just being uh, that just inspiration for us and example for us. And obviously now I'm excited that so many more will benefit from your wisdom and experience you've had. And we want to keep this conversation going. Uh, you know, this isn't, this, for many of you, this is an opportunity to continue to press in and uh, want to give you some resources. We have some incredible ministries here at the church to help you with that. Uh, in fact, our, our children's ministry put together a resource page for you to go to. So if you text the word 
parent to 52525. Uh, that'll give you a quick link and you can go and find some resources. We've got great children's ministry and we can even get you connected with other parents uh, because you definitely don't want to do this parenting thing alone. As you can see, community, uh, as we've talked about today, is so, so important in this parenting journey. So text word parents to 52525. Uh, and we just want to end our time now together uh, in prayer and give you an opportunity to respond to what God has been speaking through us to you. Uh, as we said from the beginning, it starts with knowing God. And perhaps some of you today, um, you know about God, but you don't know him personally. You don't have the experience of walking with God and trusting him with every area of your life. And perhaps for some of you uh, as parents, maybe you've not trusted him in your parenting space. You've tried to do things a certain way and realized today that you need to surrender your kids over to God. Ultimately, he loves them way more than you ever will. And he's got great plans for them. And so I'm going to invite you in this moment to pray. And so if you want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, put him in the proper place of your life. Or maybe you want to put him in the proper place in your parenting life. Uh, this is a prayer I'm going to invite you to pray with me now. So if you would, bow your hearts and your heads with me as we pray. God, we thank you for loving us. And I thank you for this uh, rich conversation. Um, thank you for the, the, the entire idea of parenting. That you would allow us uh, to take care of these little ones. And we know from scripture, Jesus, how important little ones are to you. And what a joy it is. What a privilege. What a responsibility. And so if you're now listening and you're saying, I need to get right with my heavenly father, maybe because of uh, your earthly parents, perhaps that was a, a, a hurdle for you. It, it created barriers for you. But today you're realizing that God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. Or if you're saying, I need to, I need to tap into the resource, I need to tap into the Holy Spirit in my parenting. If that's you, I just want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, please forgive me. I believe, Jesus, that you are the Son of God and that you died for my sins. And I confess that you rose from the dead, that you defeated sin and death once and for all. And so I surrender my life to you. I surrender my parenting to you. Be my Savior and be my Lord. And the best way I know how, for the rest of my life, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I just want to, first of all, say congratulations. I'm proud of you. You made the most important decision of your life. Uh, and this is just the beginning. This doesn't solve or fix everything, but it is the beginning of a journey with a God who loves you, a Father who loves you. And so if you did pray that prayer for any reason, it's a first time salvation, or if you're just saying, I, I really need some help in the parenting space, would you text the word SAVED to 52525? We want to have some incredible people follow up with you, give you some resources and some help of what this journey looks like. It's not a one-time decision, but an everyday decision, just like parenting. It's an everyday thing that we get to do. So we want to encourage you in that. So text that word SAVED to 52525. Uh, church, we we love you. Uh, thank you for joining us today. God bless you and we'll see you soon.